What's up, everyone? So today's a little bit different, trying out a new format here. I'm just going to talk a little bit about some stuff that I've learned recently. And I hope this is helpful to you. Give me a tweet if you're loving it. And don't tweet me if you're not loving it, because you'll hear my feelings. All right. So like, I want to talk about positioning. So in the last year, I have positioned or repositioned dozens of mid to late stage SaaS companies, right? Now, I thought what might be helpful, because we talk about positioning a lot, but often we don't go into the very specific things that you should be doing or you shouldn't be doing, if I talk about those things today. So that's what I'm going to do. And I hope you're going to love it. And let me know if you have any questions on Twitter. I'm on I am Mark Thomas. That's Mark with a C. I'm Mark Thomas. I'm the head of growth at Powered by Search. And today I'm going to talk you through some of the best knowledge that we have on building B2B SaaS businesses. Now, if any of this is interesting to you and you want to read more, you should go to our website. It's poweredbysearch.com and check us out there. The first thing is, if the customer isn't 50% of your positioning exercise, you need to do a new exercise. If you look at marketing Twitter or LinkedIn or whatever, or you read any article on business, it's only going to be a matter of time before you find someone talking about Amazon's customer obsession. Those guys absolutely love talking about their customer obsession. And it's kind of like a marketing trope to talk about how Amazon is completely customer obsessed and that's what's got them to such high revenues, right? But look, customer obsession, it doesn't have to be a thing which is only for massive multinationals. It can be way more practical than that and you can achieve it no matter what size business you're at. So I've worked with two companies at Powered by Search recently who are less than $10 million ARR but they're both going to be more than $50 million in the next two years. How do I know that? Well, it's not because they told me. It's because it's obvious from their behavior. When I speak to them, it's clear that they know everything about their customers. They're intimately embedded with them. They know their triggers. They know their needs. They know their desires. They know where they're trying to get to. And while it might sound a little bit fluffy to talk about that in those terms, the reality is customers buy, right? And they buy products from people who know and respond to their needs, their desires, their hopes, their fears. So if the customer isn't 50%, and I picked that number out of the air, but at least half of your positioning exercise, you need to go back to the start of that and ask why, right? Now, what does it mean to be 50%? Well, when we think about positioning at Powered by Search, we use our SaaS positioning canvas. There's a whole episode of this podcast on that. I've talked about it a bunch of times. But the top three boxes on that positioning canvas, the first half of the exercise, they relate to the customer. And when I run one of these sessions, it generally takes 90 minutes with a client to come to a pretty clear idea of what their positioning should be. The half of that time, is spent literally on box one, which is about profiling the customer, understanding what they're trying to do, why they're trying to do it, what they're doing already, why that's not working for them, why they can't resolve it for themselves. Then the other thing that we do is we go off and we talk about what other people are promising the customer, your competitors, basically. 
And then we talk about what things does your customer take for granted? What do they believe about the world that's so obvious that you don't even need to say it? Then, and only then, after we're, we've probably got about 30 minutes left on the call total, we start talking about the company itself. We start talking about your product. And you know that awful, awful kind of dentist poster saying, you know, you've got two ears and one mouth. Well, it's saccharine, but it's true. You should listen way more than you're actually speaking. And on that note, I'm going to go to point number two. Don't get caught up in copywriting. I have seen teams of people who are gifted at what they do falling over themselves to include copywriting suggestions in their positioning exercises. They get to the positioning statement and having thought really rationally about their customer and about their business and how those relate to one another and the market as a whole, they suddenly switch to panicking that they're not going to be, you know, the next David Ogilvy or, you know, George Lois or whatever. And look, you probably aren't that good at copywriting. And I don't say that to hurt your feelings. I'm saying it in the same way that I might say, you're probably not as funny as you think you are. It's okay to not be funny. It's okay to not be the world's best copywriter. You are great at whatever you do, right? You've worked hard to get to where you are. But positioning is not about the words necessarily. It's about understanding how you solve your customers' pain points differently to the other solutions in their consideration set. In that case, the words actually don't matter. All that positioning is, is the alignment of your business's solution and your customer's pain points. And expressing that clearly is the thing that matters, not aligning on the specific words to use or whether to include a pun. Genuinely, it's it's happened in positioning exercises. And the way that you can often tell this is if you find that you're trying to put a positioning statement, which is usually, if you've never done one before, probably no more than two sentences max. Probably doesn't even need to be more than one. But if you're finding that you're thinking, okay, will this statement work on our homepage as a headline? You're copywriting. Stop. You're actually losing focus here. Because remember what we said, the only thing that matters is do you align to your customers' interests in a way that is meaningfully differentiated from the market. You can hire a copywriter, and that copywriter, as my friend Joel Klecky pointed out to me on Twitter when I started talking about this, should, if they're worth their money, go off and do a lot of research about the customer and understand what their needs are. But my take is that you can't hire someone to have intimate experience of your customer's needs. Even if you hire me to help you do your positioning, at Powered by Search, you are still going to have to tell me a lot of stuff about your customer and about your experience with your customer. That's why you're important in this. You're not there to write copy. You're not there to ultimately craft the perfect statement. That's my job. That's our job. What you're there to do is be the voice of your customer from years of experience of your target market. Number three, speaking of target markets, focus on the right customer segment. You can't be all things to all men. Let's not get biblical here. But you'll grow fastest when you hone in on one segment that brings you profitable, good fit customers. Now, in a previous episode, we talked about what it would be like to go off and find those good fit customers. 
And our suggestion is always that you look at a series of revenue-based metrics and you say to yourself, okay, which segment of the market is our best customer in? And how do you define a best customer? Well, could be things like they have the highest LTV, but the lowest cost of acquisition, or they have ridiculously high NPS scores. They are an okay price to acquire, and there is a lot of them. Those might be two examples. It'll vary depending on the kind of business that you're running and the kind of growth that you're looking to achieve. But focusing on one customer segment when you're doing a positioning exercise is probably the best option. And that's because actually implementing positioning in messaging across all of your creative, in your strategies, that stuff takes resource. And if you don't have huge resources from maybe like a venture firm or, you know, private equity or an incredibly understanding CEO, it's going to be hard for you to implement a positioning which takes into account many customer segments. And you're probably going to lose the impact of that. Instead, focus on one. Then when you've nailed that, focus on adjacent markets to that one that you've already nailed. That's how you grow. And that's how positioning is most effective. Speaking of that, keep it simple. I once worked with a client who hired Powered by Search and another agency to do a concurrent positioning exercise for them. So they hired two agencies. I have no idea why they did that, but they did. And I spent days researching their customers directly and indirectly. And then I spent 90 minutes in a workshop with them. At the end of that process, probably took two weeks all told, I delivered a three-page long positioning document with a single sentence positioning statement. The other agency who they hired, they delivered a hundred page report. It was very flashy. I was very impressed by the design. They also delivered a 90 minute presentation where they basically read out the report. And at the end, I've got to be honest, I still wasn't clear what was the position. Now, which one do you think is more likely to see the light of day? Easy. It's the one that Powered by Search did for them because the reality is no one can pass 100 pages and 90 minutes of being talked at. Keeping it simple is key to positioning because positioning has to be simple enough to be easily understood by anyone picking up a quick briefing because positioning goes into everything in your business. It goes into your product choices, it goes into your sales process, it goes into your operations. But most importantly, it goes into your marketing. And there are a lot of hands touching positioning over the course of any given period for marketing. Number five is don't be precious about it. No position is sacred. There's a common misconception in SaaS that you need to arrive at a position and then stick with it. But when you think about where SaaS businesses come from, that seems completely deluded, right? Because you and I both know that SaaS businesses are the product of dozens and dozens of iterations and pivots. Every quarter, we're all thinking, hey, how can we pivot closer to our customer? Is there something slightly different that we should be doing? Are we doing the right version of our messaging, right? We change so much stuff in SaaS businesses. There's no reason that positioning shouldn't be the same, okay? So you're going to do a positioning exercise this quarter, and you're going to apply it next quarter because at the end of the day, these things do take time. But if you find out in quarter three that it's completely nosediving, why wouldn't you revisit it in quarter four? It doesn't mean you have to entirely replace it. 
It just means that potentially your positioning is not quite differentiated or clear enough yet. And that's okay. Don't be precious about it. Position is durable. It's not invincible. If your context changes, the context of your business, the context of your customer, whatever it is, your position needs to reflect that thing. Because as we've said so many times in this episode, positioning is nothing except how your customer's pain points are solved differently by your product than all of the other options in their consideration set. So I hope that episode was helpful to you. And if you want to talk about positioning, I love it. And I'm always down to talk about it on Twitter. Just ping me at I am Mark Thomas. Or if you're ready to do something about your marketing, head to poweredbysearch.com forward slash assessment and book in a session with us. I'll see you next time. Now, if you enjoyed that today and you want to do something about your B2B SaaS marketing, you should get in touch with us. You can do that by going to poweredbysearch.com and checking out our assessment page, or you can browse the case studies and blogs that we have on the site. Now, if you're not ready to do that, definitely say hi anyway. You can ping me on Twitter. I'm at I am Mark Thomas, that's Mark with a C. Or you can ping our founder and CEO, Dev Basu, and connect with us there. Looking forward to seeing you again for another episode.